The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. We now wait for the count. Uh, election results still in flux amid the highest turnout in 120 years. Uh, all eyes on Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. We may know a little bit more today. Futures, yields, currencies had a wild overnight as expected. But one thing's for sure, Jim, and that is that the blue wave trade, uh, that reflation trade, is getting unwound. Yes, boy, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I'm focused on the Senate. And what the Senate is saying is, Look, there's comfort for the markets, and don't worry about a big tax increase. You don't have to sell your stocks to beat some sort of capital gains rate uh, that is going to be uh, punitive for rich people. That's how a lot of rich people view it. I'm not saying it's totally business as usual, but I am saying that uh, if you own tech stocks, which a lot of people do, there's nothing to keep those stocks from going higher. Uh, A remarkable night, pollsters seemed to think that there was going to be this blue wave that got avoided. If anything, there is, I think, a recognition that whatever the heck we had before Election Day seems to be the same uh, after. So, uh, David, you know, I just feel kind of business as usual for us. (laughs) Well, it's certainly, Carl, not not business as usual this morning, as you say, as uh, the votes continue to be counted in important battleground states. Uh, uh, The three you mentioned also want to add Georgia in there, potentially even North Carolina. Still those uh, those early votes, Carl, being counted and tabulated and we're paying close attention. Uh, We are, guys. In fact, uh, front and center at this hour, the presidential election uh, remains unsettled as voting continues, as David said, in those key swing states. Uh, The race now appears to hinge, uh, as also David said, on a familiar set of places, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, but of course, North Carolina, Georgia, even Arizona, Nevada remain too close to call. The results may not be known until later in the day, maybe later in the week. Here's where things stand in the Electoral College. Biden, 224. Trump, 213. It does take 270 to win the White House. And both still have a path to do so, Jim. Um, You can't say this wasn't in the playbook, uh, the notion that uh, the president would outperform uh, polling expectations on election night, and then it would turn into a a contest of mail-in. And we'll see to the degree to which it becomes a court issue. Yeah, man, I really think that Pennsylvania kind of epitomizes the... uh suboptimal way that America's handling it, where there was a uh, challenge to be able to say so all the votes had to be counted yesterday. And suddenly the, the Keystone State, it's really Keystone for this election, has what till Friday. I mean, so we're all held held uh, held because of them. I mean, some of the other states, I think they'll resolve it sooner, maybe even today. But, David, the idea that somehow Pennsylvania has decided that it determines the election. 
Well, it may is, not determine the election. Why not? As you point out, uh, because you can go down a number of maps that say without Pennsylvania, if Biden were to win Michigan and Wisconsin and Nevada, uh, he would still win. Right. That's uh, true. So Pennsylvania may not actually be crucial where President Trump does have a significant lead right now. But to your point, there's still a lot of county going on of, right. of, of mail in and absentee ballots. Uh, all of which were either received prior to or on election day, right. Jim. Again, to make that no, point. they had to make it there. But right. why you, does it you, take this many days? Why does it take till Friday? Some states don't begin counting until the morning of the election. Others, I think, Florida begin counting m- maybe sooner. I'm not sure, but I know some states don't begin counting until late, uh, and that is part of it. And you have an enormous amount of of these mail-in ballots, of course, uh, because. Uh, people were being encouraged to do so uh, because of the virus and concern if they had any about going to a polling place. I will say yesterday I went to vote. It's been, it was the easiest thing I think I've done ever. Five minutes. The only people in there were people <laughs> directing me to where to go, Carl. Obviously, in New York, you, you, I, whether I, you vote red or blue, it doesn't really matter. You know which way the state's going. But it, uh, kudos to the New York City Election uh, Board because they did a very good job. Yeah, I think maybe, Jim, uh, one of the untold stories or undertold stories this morning is the cleanliness of the process, right? The mechanics of the voting. I mean, obviously, we're in the midst of mail now, which is to some a different issue. But uh, David's wait was short. uh, Lots of minimal reports of delays, maybe in North Carolina. uh, But but it worked. And, And with the numbers that they had to handle, uh, you have to hand it to some of these boards of elections. Well, uh, look, let's let's face it. Where was the violence? Where was it? I mean, where did where did people clash? Uh, Thankfully, nowhere, Jim. But there is there is a concern as we get into this period, which some had forecast might come. Obviously, there were plenty of polls that indicated this would be a much wider margin potential of victory for uh, for Vice President Biden. That is certainly not going to be the case if, in fact, he uh, is able to uh, get a lead here and actually get to 270. But to your point. As these votes get counted or even recounted, as there are challenges, as as Carl mentioned, potentially by the president and the courts, there is still the possibility, certainly, for unrest. But I think that the real difficulty would have been if there was a landslide or a big, uh, a really huge vote for Biden and the Senate, and the president was just intransigent and just chose to ignore it and said that he was still the president. Uh, And and almost an Al Haig for the history books kind of style. I mean, I, look, I, what, what time in the middle of the night, Carl, did he declare himself winner? Yeah, let's take a quick listen for those who might have uh, gone to bed a little early. The president and the former vice president did speak overnight. This is Trump uh, early this morning. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election Frankly, we did win this election. We did win this election. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity. We could know the results as early as tomorrow morning, but it may take a little longer. As I've said all along, it's not my place or Donald Trump's place to declare who's won this election. That's the decision of the American people. But I'm optimistic about this outcome. Jim, how, how would you characterize the market's ability to absorb uh, the president's false claim uh, that he won? Astonishing. I mean, this market is so bulletproof. It, it's amazing. I, look, we're a divided nation, probably more divided than anybody realized. And obviously, uh, somehow, and remember, the futures really do reflect far more than people realize. They reflect what's going on in tech. 
that tech just loves the idea that there's uh, people are that there's not going to be endless hearings in the Senate. Uh, endless hearings like the Pucora hearings in the 30s, where we have to find out why there are rich people and whether we should uh, expropriate their wealth. Now, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm saying that suddenly gets off the table. So you have you have tech running. I cannot I cannot stress the importance of the California initiative that allows the third way of doing things. It's a referendum on the gig economy. The gig economy, David, whether you like it or not, the gig economy is a way to be able to make it so that tech makes more money than if they had to hire everybody and give them all the benefits. That's true, and we're going to talk a bit more about that because, of course, it is very important to the likes of Uber and Lyft and even private companies such as DoorDash, at least DoorDash is private now. But, Jim, you mentioned it earlier, and it's worth coming back to, which, of course, is the Senate. Again, uh, many of the polls had a real strong possibility that the Democrats would wind up controlling the Senate that is not going to happen. No, and if that happened, um, then you would actually have a chance for drug prices to come down. And so that has a lot of implications. Even if Joe Biden does prevail here, um, you've got divided government. To your point, I think you made it at the top of the show. There's unlikely to be as significant a relief package if you get one at all. Right. Infrastructure spending, Carl, I think you can probably say, I don't know, that could be a heck of a challenge to try and get something like that through. And so many other things that might have been on the legislative agenda of a Biden administration if they had, in fact, if they even come to power and had the Senate on their side. That's not going to happen. As Jim points out, the market may actually appreciate and like divided government. It does seem as though that has typically yeah. been the case. Well, uh, Carl, last night I gave you a list of health care stocks that I said win. Because uh, unless there's just some sort of incredible wave, uh, these companies get their way. Now, I mean, I I think the direct impact for people who are not not watching for the portfolio but are thinking about their pocketbook, big loser last night for the people who are in the middle class. Because what it says is you will see no change. UnitedHealth won again. Humana won again. As someone who, uh, David, one day you'll find this out, I hope. Someone who's in Medicare... It, it is such a lousy plan. I mean, it's better than nothing. But you got to go to Humana, which had an amazing number last night. So, Carl, uh, take, uh, there's one notch for the victory of capitalism and the way we run healthcare now, and those stocks uh, can all be bought. It's yeah. rather Jim, amazing. Jim, on the, the calculus on on, on stimulus, uh, is it what, what's the narrative now? Uh, maybe a less generous package than Pelosi wanted, but there is more discussion today that the speaker. Uh, may need to compromise, given the fact that while they'll hold the House, the, probably a net loss. Well, re- remember, the Senate, the Republicans in the Senate believe in a v- V-shaped economy. Um, their ill-advised nature of what the, what's causing that is because of belief that they have, they seem to think that there is no new wave of COVID and there's not going to be any job loss. The, the savior is the Secretary Mnuchin is more aware of the 14 million people who are about to lose their jobs because of COVID in the hospitality industry, that I think a deal can be done. Now, remember, I, the president did say he was going to do a huge stimulus if he won. We don't know. He's not won, whatever. But there is COVID. I keep coming back to, OK, when the election is almost over, now we've got to face COVID. And COVID is going to require a gigantic amount of money thrown at this economy since we don't have it under control. David, the restaurants are gone. Right. They're gone. I know. 13, 14 million people. Yep. They gotta have some food on their plate. They do. Unless people in Washington are totally oblivious to the notion of playing for dinner, which would just be horrendous. That's what's on the agenda. Because COVID did not, COVID was not, uh, COVID was another big winner last night. 
It, it, right. You may be right. And, and there are those who are looking at the results in, in places like Florida. And I think we even had some people on uh, in, on the show last night from St. Petersburg who were indicating they were worried about lockdowns under a potential Biden administration. Not that Biden has said there would be. Jim, right. But he has talked, obviously, about being much more aggressive and trying to take control of the virus. Now, well, he believes in, you know, he has said over and over again. This is a pure, you know, David, but, when we yeah. look at the, the vote totals, yes, 50-50 or 49, we have to understand that there are a lot of people in this country who do not believe in the scientists. Right. And think the scientists got it wrong yep. and thinks that, they, thinks that they're a hoax. Well, they, and, and this they, was right. a victory Which for the is, hoax group. They're listening to what the president has been saying for many, many months now. This was not a victory uh, for masks, Carl. It was a victory for the people who say that masks don't work. And what really matters is get tough. The get yeah. tough contingent. Jim, um, you know, obviously uh, the, 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 new, the network news desks are taking their time calling these races, and rightfully so. But if you're looking for tells in the very short term, are you looking at prediction markets, futures, uh, and which futures, uh, yields, <laughs> dollar, or something else? Well, what I think people are just saying is it's all the Senate, Carl. It's weird. It's almost as if, hey, listen, the White House... It doesn't matter. As long as the Senate is different from the from the from the, the House, we're OK because nobody gets anything done. So this is a nobody gets anything done uh, referendum. Now, I think ultimately that's good for three days. Something yeah. will get. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not like there are uh, any challenges facing our nation that actually might require a legislative response. <laughs> I mean, like I a, like a, the expiration of government funding. Yeah. In or, December or that or. Dealing with, uh, you know, I could go long down a very long list, as you guys both know, but there is a need potentially for finding some common ground. And I think when you listen to everybody this morning and listening to Barry Diller, who I thought was so eloquent this morning on Squawk Box uh, and heartfelt, uh, we're a divided nation more than we've ever been. And and regardless of who takes control of the White House, that's not going to change. And it becomes very difficult to imagine that there's enough common ground in this country to actually agree on anything that will keep us moving forward. You don't think there's an we on top of whoever loses is just going to have to say, OK, we've now I mean, let's say let's say Trump wins. Well, let's say Trump loses. Could you ever imagine him saying, OK, now I'm going to stand aside? No. no, no. What I was most worried about was a big defeat by Trump and a suggested by Trump that that was just a complete fraud and he's not going to leave the White House no matter what. Here, there's a, Carl, there's a bit of a legitimacy here. He challenged it because it's really close. I don't blame him. But let's say it had been like a 40-state sweep and he challenged it. Well, then, I mean, we'd be in a situation where we would, oh, David, close your ears, where it'd be like the military. Who would the military side with? It would be, and it's a soft J, a hunter. Well, that's not going to happen. But to right, your but point, that's all, the hunt is point, off the table. That, you know, we'll see, Carl, what happens. I, I know you're looking at the same things I am in terms of the AP. I believe Biden has taken the lead in Michigan, according to the AP. Are you allowed to say that yet? Uh, I don't know. I guess I just did. The AP okay. is a pretty good, <laughs> right, pretty good source. But we'll, right. we'll, we'll, well, well, that's just vote totals. That's not saying who won, Jim. Well, it's important. Right. Yeah. R- right. Yep. Uh, and in fact, uh, we may actually get some numbers out of Wisconsin before we get Michigan today. Speaking of which, uh, Phil LeBeau has been in Milwaukee for the past 48 hours and joins us this morning as well. Hi, Phil. Hey, Carl, let me bring you up to speed in terms of where things stand with the vote total in Wisconsin so far. At this point, NBC News is saying that Wisconsin is still 
too close to call. But if you look at the vote totals, and we will talk about why the big change happened early this morning, Joe Biden appears to be up by just over 20,000 votes with almost all of the votes counted. We say almost because we don't know for sure how many absentee or early ballots may be out there in different locations around the state that have not yet been tabulated. Here's what happened early this morning. Call it uh, Joe Biden's early morning surge. That's when the city of Milwaukee finalized its early and absentee ballot count. Remember, we were in the room when they were counting the ballots yesterday, delivered it over to the county, and that's when you saw the big surge. Milwaukee and Green Bay, most notably, those flipped Wisconsin from President Trump leading early this morning to Joe Biden now currently holding a 20,000 vote lead. So could we see a recall? It's not automatic here in Wisconsin. According to the Elections Commission, the deadline for requesting a recount is three business days after the Elections Commission receives the last statement from a county board of canvassers. So what will happen now, guys, is that each county board, they will go through their votes one more time. That's not a recount. They'll just go through their totals, and then they will say to the state elections commission, here you go, here's Milwaukee County, or here's Dane County, whatever county it is. Then the state will say, here's our tabulation. If at that point, President Trump and his team believe, look, we are going to call for a recount, that's when you would see it happen. They've got three days from when that happens. And one other note, guys, unlike what we're seeing with Pennsylvania and other states where they still may be opening up ballots several days after uh, Election Day, that's not the case here in Wisconsin. It was designated by the, sta- by the U.S. Supreme Court a week ago. Remember that case where people said, or the, the Democrats said, look, we would like to see them open up ballots as long as they're postmarked by Election Day. And the U.S. Supreme Court said, no, in the Wisconsin case, you have to open up and you can only count what is received by Election Day. So this is not a case where they can see some mail come in today or tomorrow and then try to count those votes. At least that was the ruling by the state or the U.S. Supreme Court. So again, guys, that's the latest from here in Wisconsin. Uh, Phil, uh, good information. And by the way, uh, former Governor Scott Walker uh, this morning tweeted the election recount procedures for the state of Wisconsin may be one indication of uh, where we're going. Uh, We'll watch the the results from that state, obviously, with your help, Phil, later on today. We'll take a break here. Obviously, a lot to get to, a lot we don't yet know. Uh, By the way, there's a Fed decision. We've got ADP ahead of jobs uh, jobs number on Friday. Squawk on the Street continues after a break. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Shares of Uber and Lyft are both, as you see, up dramatically in the pre-market. This after California voters approve Proposition 22, which allows both companies and other so-called gig economy firms to classify workers as independent contractors rather than employees. It is a big victory, Jim. You mentioned it earlier, uh, but we can spend a little more time on it now. It's a victory for the drivers, many would say, who are able to maintain the schedules that they potentially like. And it's obviously a very important moment for the companies themselves in terms of, well, their compensation structures. I don't think that they could have uh, ever thrived if it weren't for this. 
uh, some people think that they would have to go uh, out of business. Carl, you know that uh, not only is this a tremendous win uh, for Uber and Lyft, but I think it's also a win for the way that people will work in the future. And I think it's going to spread. This is very big news. Yeah, uh, you said it, Jim, uh, before the break. Uh, I know there's an email from Dara Khosrowshahi to um, his staff. The future of independent work is more secure because so many drivers like you spoke up and made your voice heard. I wonder, Jim, if you think it's a net draw to California uh, for various types of businesses that rely on gig. Well, I, I think it is. Look, this is the third way. There is the third way of working. Uh, and accommodates the people who are choosing to work the way that they want. Now, I, I'm sure there are people who say, well, you give me a break, Jim. I mean, I was a member. I've been a member of a uh, union and I, the, the union never did a thing for me. I, you have to carve away your own thing. That's not all unions are like that. My union was particularly corrupt. Uh, but it, this is uh, one of the things where I think the folks are people are saying that the gig companies uh, bought the election. And I think that's a real insult. I think it was a fair and square. It's a very big margin that they won. And uh, I think it's a change. I think it's a ratification of the way people work. And yes, it, California, well, I mean, if the taxes weren't so bad, it would, would draw people. Carl, this is, I, admit, I think it's a victory for the way that I see people who want to work in their 20s right. and 30s. This is their way. This is their way. Uh, generational shift, uh, to be sure, Jim. Yes. By the way, coming up, uh, the president's uh, chief economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, is going to join us talk about Prop 22, a pretty clean sweep for uh, adult use marijuana and a lot more, not to mention the election results still in flux. Don't go anywhere. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Time for a mad dash. Legalize it. No need to criticize it, Jim. Oh, I love that. Okay, now, you'll see a lot of the big pot stocks, including Canopy, which I have on tonight on Mad Money, down today. Why? Because there was a belief that a blue wave would immediately mean that everybody can start smoking and recreationally and drinking. Uh, Because remember I was telling David yesterday, there are cannabis drinks that taste great and are less filling. But those you're not going to be able to have. However, we got some changes in Arizona, Montana, South Dakota, uh, New Jersey, and there, you're going to be able to go get some Green Thumb Industries, GTBIF, All-American Cannabis. So they're probably the winner. And I think people got very excited that Biden would win and immediately say, we have to make this a legitimate industry. And this House and the Senate would agree that, David, is mm-hmm. not happening. I don't know. Really, it's not happening? Why? Do you because think the, the Senate-, Senate doesn't have Republicans who conceivably would? But Republican states are saying yes. 
They like hemp. I don't know. I think that there are Republican votes, Jim. I, I don't think that nationwide did, did Trump suddenly come out and say that I think that it's a great no, idea. No, I'm saying if Biden were to win the presidency. A Biden is a possibility, but right now people are saying, eh. Overall, eh. about Overall. legalization yeah, nationwide. they're saying, well, it didn't well, For now, Carl, it's a growing number of states you can go to if you want to get some pot. New Jersey. Uh, no kidding, guys. Jersey, South Dakota, Montana, Mississippi. Um, yeah, they're they're definitely calling it a, a clean sweep in terms of uh, we'll see what happens with the cannabis ETF. Let's take a look at where things stand in the election. Vote counting, of course, uh, continues in some key swing states. Uh, we're, of course, watching Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona and Nevada, all still uncalled at this hour. Uh, look, uh, uh, results may not be known until later in the day or even later in the week, specifically Michigan Guys, for example, uh, Biden is now holding a narrow lead at this hour, uh, but still too early to call per NBC. In terms of the Electoral College, Biden 224, Trump 213, it takes 270. Turnout, Jim, we mentioned at the top of the show, but you're looking at 136 million votes so far. Percentage of the electorate, you've got to go back to 1900 to see percentages like this. That's incredible. I mean, democracy in action. Everybody felt like they had to do something. Uh, It's very interesting. Here's one that is the conundrum. So Caterpillar in the Dow is down six. Now, is it down six because Biden may not win? And so, therefore, uh, China doesn't love us. Remember, there'll be reversion of policy to China because uh, Biden's part of the old hands in China. Or is it because people don't feel there'll be a big infrastructure bill? Or is it both? When you see a stock down that much, I think it's both. I cannot believe the Caterpillar is just, was Caterpillar somehow a Biden stock? Wouldn't that be something? Well, I, I, to your point, infrastructure, right? Right. Uh, you've got to assume, again, let's, even if Biden wins the presidency with the Senate staying Republican, the likelihood of a big infrastructure bill. I mean, you never know, obviously, how these things are going to turn out. You never know if Biden, is, if he is elected, is going to be able to turn some people to his point of view, but it seems unlikely. Unlikely. Now, remember, there are 20 Republican senators who feel like many people who come on air, Carl, which is that it's a V economy. What are we worried about? Uh, and COVID is going to be under control by the first quarter. Uh, and that is, by the way, a totally legitimate view if you're listening to some of the major drug companies. Because if, if we do get a vaccine and we reopen America, uh, we don't need to do infrastructure. Because we're going to be on fire and travel's going to happen again. <laughs> it, it, look, I, it's not. There are some belief no, that I, these I, the, the vaccines are coming it at all. I, I have to tell you, Carl. I had a company on last night, Thermo Fisher. They make these machines. They're they're testing 100 million people a week now, and they make these machines that can test 8,000 people a day. And they've got they're pumping these machines out. I have now figured out why I'm going to the Super Bowl with or without the Eagles, of course. Uh, Eagles have to have a winning record, I think, to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, But they will be able to have a COVID-free Super Bowl because these PCR tests, I think they'll be able to make them in a small window, maybe 15 minutes. That could only happen. And they can produce enough to be able to have it so that 80,000 people are processed in the morning. My prediction, the Super Bowl will be COVID-free. It'll be just like uh, the way it used to be because of Thermo Fisher's machines and the science that they've done. David, I know you want therapeutics. I think that Thermo Fisher being able to, to test, test, test is remarkable and is not appreciated nearly enough by the public. You had Mark Casper on, right? Yes. 
We you always it. like Mark Casper. He's uh, a very acquisitive fella. Yes, he, they, they do deals. But as we pointed out yesterday, of course, that's, there it is. Thank you, guys. They know in the control room I love that chart. Wow. Because that's just <laughs> what they're doing. You go back even further, I mean, the numbers are even more. You pointed out 10 times the return on the S&P. Yeah, 1,500% right, versus 130%. Yeah. And that's without the dividends. Carl, Jim, I- what they are doing with the PCR test is not known by people. Okay, I, They were really breaking the story yeah. on my show. It, it, this is they are ready to make it so that if you want to test a college, boom, you test the college that day. Uh, and if it turns out that there are a few people who need it, they can isolate. It is just inc- they are going to figure out how to make it so we can go back to work. And they're too expensive to buy a PCR. I, I mean, I'd buy a PCR for my restaurants if it didn't wipe out all my profit for the next 10 years. It's such a key point, Jim. There were some headlines out of the U.K. early this morning saying that once those lockdowns expire, uh, hopefully soon, uh, that they're going to do testing in mass in ways we've not yet seen. And you've been all over that. I would add, though, if you go to the Super Bowl and you see David Tepper, uh, just pray that he has only good news this time. He was the guy. I mean, he and I both read Lancet and we both I ran back and I said, get it. You know, this is it. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, I was uh, my partner, David Faber thought it was something that I had just read way too much Stephen King. Uh, it was a combination of, say, It, a very good one, and, and Pet Cemetery. And, and then David, on my, fi- on my birthday, my 55th birthday, uh, ha- gave me a toast to saying that I was a giant scaredy cat and I had no guts. And, David, there was glory. Yeah, you were right. I was wrong. And David Tepper... Um, uh, but David Tepper Jim, went on Thursday because, man, I got McCaffrey we, going. I think few of us might have anticipated, although certainly there were those, that we would be back at the highs in terms of new cases. And let's not no. forget that. We're looking at a market that is up, potentially up strongly again after yesterday's move, in part because of the idea that we will have continued divided government. The Senate will stay in control right. uh, of the Republican Party. Uh, and that is certainly behind some of this move. I don't know. You know, we talk COVID in the background every show. You talk about it in the restaurants and the jobs. It doesn't seem to penetrate the concern, at least, of many investors at this point. Well, because the vaccine is on, around the corner. Mm-hmm. Now, around the but corner. But the use of that vaccine, Jim, is not around the corner. We are all, all hoping well, to get. In fact, I thought we'd well, actually have data from Pfizer, Moderna. No, we possibly don't. Even, I, I, I want to say around, soon. The, around the corner is, uh, is the wrong phrase. Yeah. There will be a vaccine that works. How about we say that? That's right. And, and, but, and, but we're still most likely many, many months from a sizable portion of the population getting vaccinated. Look, we need people to go to Wisconsin, to Florida and Texas. And I think, Carl, part of the problem is you may be armed with the placebo. And if you're armed with the placebo, you're pretty damn dumb to go to a bar in Wisconsin. So you, <laughs> why, why should you be the human tester? How do you know which arm? Mm-hmm. Which arm? You have the right arm, the left arm? <laughs> Carl, I do not want to be the placebo. The placebo is yeah, I, not I know, a great Jim, pl- a person to, you know, that's bad luck, placebo. Hey, Jim, last night I asked you, you were talking healthcare stocks on our special, and I asked you whether or not um, it was poised to benefit from a GOP Senate more than tech. Facebook up 7%, uh, back to 282. You got to go back to. Early September, Labor Day, basically, uh, to see that. Do you think it's similar dynamic at work? That could be the uh, the senator, the senator Warren show trials will not occur. You're not going to break up Facebook. Mm. Uh, there's not going to be a move to separate Instagram from Facebook, which would be bad for Facebook. 
without a doubt. I mean, taking away WhatsApp would be bad. The only one that, if you broke it up, would be worth more uh, is Alphabet. And now we even, David, have we're getting some views on the different line items. And YouTube has turned out to be what I think is maybe the most important property that I didn't know about. YouTube. Well, tell me what you're referring to, though, when you talk about different views. Are we getting well, more data than we got previously? If the oh. Justice Department broke up yeah. Alphabet, it would be gigantic. People say they still are under-monetizing on YouTube. Yeah, so I think the Justice Department could figure out a way to get more money into YouTube. The, you know, this Justice Department is very commercial, right? I, the, just, but they could get Waymo, though. Auto. You're, what, are you skeptical? Uh, I'm listening. Uh, healthcare? You're talking about uh, the Justice Department, like uh, they're a money management firm. I'm just well, you know, the Justice Department or an investment bank. I no, we got SPACs there. Um, I am being facetious, and, but the but if again, they break up, this we company, may we may have a change at the Justice Department. Not necessarily the staff. What's that? Or those, what do you mean? Who's what's leaving? That? Well, I mean, if you get a new president, you typically get oh. a new DOJ, yeah. or at least yeah. some of them. You're not thinking this is one of those situations like Doctor Strangelove. Where there's fighting in the war room, right? There's no fighting in the war room, Jim. <laughs> Carl, I've wanted to say that for eight years. Jim, uh, <laughs> that was perfectly set up. Um, Art Cashin, we love to quote Art in the mornings, Jim, sort of echoing, in fact, paying you some, uh, some respect here, saying, while there is still doubt as to who the president might be, I think the action is consistent with a sigh of relief that certainly in the case of the Senate, Neither side will dominate, and therefore, from a market's perspective, Jim, uh, nothing terribly destructive is likely to occur. Yeah, well, look, I mean, there are a lot of people who have gigantic uh, capital gains in FANG, and uh, they wanted to t- I think they wanted to take them, and now you don't want to. Now, I think the futures are coming off because I think that kind of euphoria that everything's great is dying down because we realize it's going to... Uh, we're not done. And we're a deeply divided nation. Deeply divided nation, but we're not divided on capital gains. The rate's not going higher. Right. Well, clearly, if Trump stays in office, it's not happening. And you think if Biden takes office, it's not happening either. The Senate is, uh, for lack of a better term, very, uh, the Republicans, very much represent the old, uh, what what Wall Street used to be, which is that we want people to do well and make a lot of money and don't tax him that much. Yeah. Um, no, listen, if Biden becomes president, he's going to have plenty of legislative battles that may not go his way. Guys, um, uh, tech, as you, we noted, very strong. Uh, Facebook, as, as Carl, as you said. Uh, Alibaba, not as strong. You know, unclear how the China plays are going to fare here. Oh, they're down so badly, yeah, David. With a, with a Biden administration versus what we already know, of course, from Trump. Will they be easier on them? Will they not? It's one area where they seem to be, at least, and there seems to be some consistency in terms of approach. Um, by the way, at another time, we'd be talking even more about this ant uh, financial IPO, largest IPO of all time, as we reported yesterday, not happening, suspended by, Sh- by the Shanghai uh, exchange. Uh, the regulators there starting to move towards imposing new uh, minimums, let's call it, even though they're kind of more of a middleman, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're microloans at, at Ant Financial because they eventually give them, not very quickly give them to a bank. They want them potentially to have more skin in the game. That can impact the economics of that business. Not to mention, guys, reminding people how the Chinese government can get into your business very, very quickly. Uh, And so this anti-PO, I don't know, could be, we don't know, but it could be six months. You you may not see it for quite some time. Didn't you find that uh, in terms of a, Look, it's not a democracy there, but no, far from it. But it just seemed like they called him in. I mean, what did they call him into? 
They called him in to talk to him about his about the regulatory framework, but he made some now, comments David, that clearly angered people. You know, Carl, we have a, we have a very good podcast, right? We have great CNBC. You know, we're all great in those things, right? David had quote marks on called him in <laughs> because that wasn't really a call in. I think that was I don't want to say it was a dressing down. I, I will say that has he been seen since it? No, no, he hasn't been. I don't know where Jack is. I'm sure he's around. Oh, really? I'm sure he's around. Oh, OK. No. Good. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. But Carl, yeah, as we as we come off our highs a bit, uh, Carl, of course, and we're still watching closely all of those battleground states. Yeah. Uh, for the time being, guys, uh, UNH is roughly half of the Dow's gain. Let's get to Bob Pisani this morning. Hey, Bob. Night, uh, three to two declining to advancing stocks. And while we don't know who the president is, the market is making a very interesting assumption that the Senate will re- remain in the GOP. So that means health care up, tech up, banks down, uh, industrials also generally on the downside. Take a look at this assumption, because I think the key assumption for the markets today is the fact or the assumption, I should say, that the GOP will retain control of the Senate. That means no big tax increases, number one. It means less regulatory pressure. Uh, It means less chance of a breakup of big tech. Uh, And the big issue now becomes, for the markets, what will the size and scope of stimulus be? So the the, uh, scenario planning is easier. If you assume GOP control of the Senate, the question is Trump or Biden in the White House, do you get a bigger stimulus or a smaller stimulus here? Uh, And that obviously is what we don't know right now. But if you look at big tech here, all the big tech plays are on the upside here, two, three, four percent, NVIDIA, DocuSign, PayPal, right across the board, including mega cap tech like Facebook, all up here. The pharmaceuticals, obviously, anything healthcare, less regulatory pressure there under that assumption that the GOP, remember, this is the key point here, GOP control of the Senate, the assumption being, so Pfizer and Lilly Pharmaceuticals all uh, on the upside too, uh, including some of the uh, healthcare providers in general on the upside, as you heard earlier. Infrastructure is the big uh, loser here, potentially, because a massive uh, infrastructure bill is less likely. Uh, Martin Marietta has been all over the place. It was 240 yesterday, uh, now uh, 280 yesterday. Now it's 240 something, as you can see. So these are down rather significantly. These are big uh, infrastructure plays. Industrials, uh, again, all over the place. Caterpillar was 170 in the last few days. Uh, There you see in the high 50s right now. Uh, Honeywell 3M also to the downside. Clean energy, another big potential loser at this point here. So if you look at things like uh, Bloom Energy, Plug Power, uh, Nextera Energy, which is a big wind power generator. Uh, There's the Invesco Solar ETF there. That's been a huge mover in the last few weeks. All of that trading uh, to the downside. Uh, Lower stimulus uh, also potentially means lower bond yields. Uh, and that is weighing on the bank stocks today. As you can see, they're all trading to the downside, even the regional banks like PNC. So the right bet, Carl, seems to be for the market is a modest stimulus, one to two trillion. We don't know exactly. Value is not playing as well in this environment. The only growth we have essentially is in tech stocks. And that, of course, makes sector rotation a lot harder. Big outlook, not great for, uh, for some sectors of the market. Carl, uh, Carl back to you. Yeah. There's some uh, there's some tactical challenges going on today, Bob, that's for sure. Uh, The first of two PMIs are on deck. Let's get to Rick Santelli. 
Yeah, these are big beats, actually. The market, M-A-R-K-I-T, not to be confused with ISM, of course. Uh, the services, 56.9. We're expecting 56. Now, my data goes back to early 2018. We just usurped what has been the high there at 56.8. They're a little stingy with their history on this series of data points. And 56.3 on the composite, also a nice beat. Sequentially, of course, both uh, are higher. 56 on the uh, services, now 56.9. 55.5 on the composite, 56.3. Now, let's go to the charts. We know we have double-digit drops on all maturities on the long end of the Treasury curve. Let's not forget uh, we had a uh, somewhat soft ADP. We, of course, have a, uh, a Fed meeting tomorrow, one day later on the decision. All this is playing into the uncertainty of the Treasury complex. If you look at a chart starting two weeks ago, you can see that we haven't really taken the pattern and, and blown it out, but we certainly are uh, doing the extremes. We went from 90 basically down to 76. Midpoint's 85. I caution that we should pay close attention whether we can touch that midpoint at all today or not. If you look at 10s minus 2s, it reflects basically the same thing. We hit a high, 21-month high at 73, and then boom, the bottom fell out. Also, if you look at the chart there, you can see that it really isn't breaking out. What it really is doing is just covering a lot of ground in one session. Finally, Boons. Hey, Boons have been at 7-plus month low yields. Nothing has really changed there since uh, uh, yesterday other than the volatility. And finally, the dollar index continues to improve after its initial surge when it looked like the administration was doing better and pressure on the Chinese currency. But it is still improving, which really means there's a lot of mean reversion going on and a lot of dynamics between the Fed and the jobs numbers. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thanks. We'll talk to you later, Rick Santelli. Uh, markets here holding on to gains. S&P 34.14, that is the first peak back above 3,400 since October 27th. Election results for North Carolina still too close to call. Scott Cohn is in rally. He's got more for us this morning. Scott. Good morning, David. Uh, you know, this is, may not be getting some of the attention of, say, a Pennsylvania or a Michigan, but with 15 electoral votes, North Carolina looms larger and larger. And we're starting to get some more clarity now on what the holdup is, because as you look at the statewide numbers, essentially all the precincts have reported, uh, even though our, our graphic there is saying 95 percent are in, all of the, uh, the early votes and the same day uh, election day votes from yesterday have been counted. But here's the issue, as you see the president up 76,000 uh, 76, votes over uh, Vice President Biden. The issue is 117,000 absentee ballots that have yet to be counted, that have, were requested, have not yet been returned. And those loom large, as well as provisional ballots that were cast yesterday that have not yet been counted. Now, that number, that 117,000 number, is going to change as more of the ballots come in. Uh, and certainly some people are just not going to return their ballots at all. But what happens next, according to the State Board of Elections, is those ballots go to the counties. And the counties will decide 
uh, about counting them, and some of that is not going to go on until next week. And remember, according to the state law and the State Board of Elections decision here, so far upheld by the Supreme Court, uh, they have until the 12th to get votes in that have been postmarked by Election Day. Uh, also, we have a Senate race here that is yet to be decided, the most expensive Senate race in U.S. history. Tom Tillis, the incumbent, uh, also uh, holding a, a margin of victory there over the challenger, Cal Cunningham. And that, too, while larger than the presidential margin, is, uh, is, is still within that margin of those absentee ballots, though Tom Tillis yesterday did declare victory. Cal Cunningham has yet to concede. And in the governor's race here, Roy Cooper squeaked by to victory four years ago. He cruised to victory this year. He's telling everyone to let the process take hold, but I guess that's easy for him to say in really the only race here, the only major race here that's been decided. Carl? Uh, it's an important state to keep an eye on, Scott. Thank you. Uh, Scott Cohn in North Carolina. Uh, best three-day gain for the S&P now since May. We'll take a break and be back in a minute. Joining us a little bit later this morning, the director of the National Economic Council, Larry Kudlow, will be with us. In the meantime, S&P hanging on to 3,400. Uh, volatility has basically collapsed. VIX is almost back to 31. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Goldman folded. They went from hold to buy AMD. I've been waiting for this. It's moving the stock. Where you been, Goldman? I got a chart. It goes back to 2012. Looks like they finally got involved. David, you have to take a look at that chart. Goldman just went to buy. And you think it's too late? No. I've got canopy growth tonight. I want to know about what the real situation here is with marijuana, particularly because it's New Jersey. And I want to know what's the deal, because I want taste great, less filling drinks, instead of that white claw that my kids bring home, which is awful. <laughs> white claw. <laughs> that's what white claw is. <laughs> Jim, really quick, what's tonight? You got, that's tonight, Canopy, right? Oh, and I'm, I'm uh, talking about all these different legislation, you know, about gambling, about marijuana. Yeah. What, state legis- what states did what? And it's surprising because gambling is more of a local thing. I thought gambling would have done better. Marijuana did okay, um, but yeah. the... The big winner was, of course, Lyft and uh, Uber. Jim, we will see you tonight as this week continues on. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.